The last word on business. With Fitzgerald Power, providing tailored accounting services to meet your business's needs. Fitzgeraldpower.ie Lorcan Allen, business editor with the Business Post, is with us this evening. Lorcan, less than a year ago, I recorded a magnified podcast interview with Eddie O'Connor at my home. And I met him again recently and was chatting to him, one of the most dynamic entrepreneurs I've ever come across in this country. But unfortunately, on Saturday, it was announced that he had died at the age of 76. Uh, What would your impressions be of his contribution to Irish business? Uh, seismic, I would say, Matt, in one word. Um, O'Connor was a titan of the Irish energy sector, having built and sold multiple successful companies over his, his time in the private industry, including electricity and mainstream renewable power. Um, he actually started out his career with ESP before eventually taking... Um, becoming the chief executive of Bordemona in the late 1980s. And he took over that company when it was in a lot of financial difficulty. Um, He totally transformed what was a struggling and highly inefficient business at the time. And he returned the semi-state company back to profit. Um, He actually ended up leaving Bordemona in 1997 due to a very public row over his pay packet. And it may have been the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, O'Connor went on to forge a hugely successful career in the private sector, uh, which made him ultimately one of Ireland's richest citizens by the time of his death on Saturday. He founded Airtricity, which is a company a lot of listeners will know very well, um, in 1998. That business was eventually sold for 2 billion euros about a decade later. He then went on and founded another renewable energy company called Mainstream Renewables, and that was sold to a Norwegian company just a couple of years ago for over a billion euros. So the enormous success of both those companies earned O'Connor a fortune estimated at more than 500 million euros by some. But as you will know, Matt, Wealth wasn't something he was very interested in. He was really interested in energy and He was interested in doing things, Lark. And in fact, he had one big project he was still working on, which was a special uh, grid for transmitting wind power, not just to Ireland, but all over Europe. He had this enormous idea, Supernode, which he'd put another 30 million quid of his own money into in developing this extraordinary grid under the Irish Sea. Yeah, and like, I think that will be his ultimate legacy. I, I imagine, I think that's a project where Europe is probably headed anyway and, and that um, I'd say, Eddie, if you had one wish, you'd love to see that uh, develop. But I mean, a hugely ambitious project and I think that says a lot about the, the way the man t- taught and and um, the sort of ideas and innovation he had. As you said, he was interested in doing things. He, he was very critical often of the, the slow nature of how things um, oh, get bureaucracy done in this drove him mad. He used to hate what he thought as the dead hand of the civil service always putting up obstacles and roadblocks instead of going ahead and getting the things done that needed to be done. Yeah, absolutely. He was the consummate entrepreneur, innovator, uh, you know, and, and someone with great new ideas. And he served the state very well. And Ireland is a better place. Our energy system is a cleaner one um, because of the contribution of Eddie O'Connor over his lifetime. Okay, well, may rest in peace. I'm very sorry to hear the um, the news of his death. Okay, let's move on to other things. Tell us about the breakup of the relationship between Tiger Woods and Nike. Yeah, this has been long speculated, but confirmer confirmation finally arrived today. Tiger Woods is splitting with Nike, bringing an end to one of the most lucrative partnerships in the history of sports. It lasted 27 years and netted Tiger Woods hundreds of millions of dollars in sponsorship funding from Nike, but it also generated billions of dollars in sales for the US sports company. Um, Earlier this evening, Woods confirmed on social media his partnership with the the iconic US sports brand had ended and and he thanked the team at Nike. Um, But he was the superstar golfer that brought 
golf to the attention of a whole generation of people and Nike had the vision to capitalize on that and from the very very start um, his first contract with them was a 40 million dollar contract all the way back in 1996 when he was only uh, a 19 year old um, and, and aside from Nike's partnership with basketball legend Michael Jordan, Woods was probably Nike's most high-profile sports star throughout the late 90s and 2000s when he was at his peak. So it is the end of an era in many ways, but um, I think both sides certainly got value from money from the partnership over the years. Yeah, I think Nike, though, have had a reputation for perhaps getting rid of people prematurely. Roger Federer made a fortune when he went on to different sponsors after they let him go on the basis of being too old. And let's face it, I suppose an awful lot of the people that would be fans of Tiger Woods or the older generations, recreational golfers who might still buy stuff as recommended by Woods uh, because of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, golf is still worrying how it's going to plan for its life without Tiger Woods because he he certainly moves the Richter scale when any time he's playing or he's involved in something. Um, and I mean, you know, Nike, uh, he was almost advertising for them when he was playing by the time, you know, at the end. Like, we all remember that iconic chip shot on the 16th of the U.S. Masters where the ball you know, teared on the edge of the hole with the Nike logo there. <laughs> it, it was a fantastic um, ad for them made free of charge in many ways by, by, by Woods. Okay, I'll tell you one thing that is not free of charge is the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, Tim Cook of Apple today announced what he said, the era of spatial computing has arrived. So something that looks a bit like the Meta Oculus but must be much more than that because apparently it's going to cost $3,500 to buy. Yeah, it's an extremely expensive product. It's it's going to be interesting to see, will this be a year for Apple the same way that 2007 was the year of the iPhone and how it transformed the company? Um, uh, you know, investors and tech, um, tech lovers will be watching uh, the coming months very closely because the Vision Pro headset um, is Apple's first serious move into the virtual reality space. Um, and this device has been eagerly waited. It's going to start shipping from February. As you said, it's $3,500. It's really telling us. But what will it do for users? Well, this is it. I mean, the, 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 the metaverse, uh, virtual reality, it hasn't um, taken off the way some people have hoped over the years or, you know, it's, it's still in, in very early stages. And I suppose many will, advocates of it will, will hope that Apple's move into the space in a big way could be a turning point that gets more people involved. We've all heard about Meta, or, you know, Facebook and the metaverse. It hasn't worked very well for them. Uh, Facebook, you know, its share prices struggle because of it. It's wasted a lot of money on it. Whether Apple can crack this um, this new era, it, it remains to be seen, but it's certainly going to be expensive for consumers running out to buy the product. If they do run out to buy it, I think there's an awful lot of us who are going to be waiting to see the price will have to come down dramatically before giving it a go. Anyway, thank you for that. That's the way these things tend to happen. Lorcan Allen from the Business Post, thank you very much for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.